Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, our final guest this morning, Brian Lee from Freshly Chopped, has developed a new pizza concept which he intends to franchise next year and he joins us now to discuss this new venture. Brian, we'll be discussing your latest venture, Neat Pizza. But first, while everyone will know you from the success of the Freshly Chopped franchise, remind us about how you first became involved in the world of entrepreneurship. Good morning. Well, entrepreneurship is something that uh, was in my DNA from a young age. Uh, from going around as a 12-year-old with a lawnmower to se- selling as to the local mar- Black Rock market stalls to... to doing door-to-door on the Christmas. It was always in my blood, not knowing it was entrepreneurship at the time, of course. I was just a young lad looking to to, to, to make a book, and uh, it was more the buzz and the feeling that you, you get uh, of buying and selling something or creating a service and, and getting a, a payment for it. Now, of course, earlier this year, I heard a great story where you referenced your business now being featured on the Leaving Cert curriculum. This must have been a phenomenal feeling for you, especially when you were told in school that you'd never amount to much. <laughs> I knew that line would come back for me. Yeah, so I, I, that was a, a common pass to the teacher when I was a, maybe misbehaving. And I said, if you keep that up, you'll never amount to, amount to much, young lad. Uh, which always kind of resonated and stuck with me and said, I'll show you a kind of mentality. When, and uh, I, I thank them for that comment now because it, it, it's always one that uh, motivates you and keep you going when someone tells you you can't do anything. And uh, instead of giving up, I decided to uh, prove people wrong. And it, I, I, it's been oh, it's featured on the Leaving Cert, uh, our business and myself, many times now over the last number of years, which is a very uh, proud moment for myself where I didn't go on to do third-level education. And it shows that school life uh, and third-level college is not for everyone. And there's more more routes to, to uh, after-school life. You don't need to go on to do college to succeed your dreams. And uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurship within the, our young students that is probably being killed off within in the school curriculum and it's not being nurtured and mentored to uh, blossom, if you must say. Um, like, I feel that mine was neglected. I was doing a lot of things within the school that was entrepreneurship and I was punished for it. Uh, I wasn't encouraged to go into business studies. Instead, I was going into home economics. <laughs> These kind of things, which is ludicrous when I look at a young lad. If I'm there with four or five lockers full of stuff buying and selling, surely there should have been one teacher within that school identify that young chap uh, does not fit into this box. He needs to be guided and nurtured uh, into certain aspects. I always say, why don't we teach entrepreneurship in school? Why don't we show people that you don't need to go on and uh, to third level location just to, to get a job and work on? We've, we're in school life. We create great employees. We don't create uh, great business leaders and we don't create great entrepreneurs. They they have to fight against the system to blossom, I believe. What are the couple of things that you'd like to see government do to overcome that? If we could start with simple processes. Uh, okay, there's an overview of the whole education system is one, but they, it could introduce a topic and a subject within school uh, of entrepreneurship. Like, I know so many people who left school and to study college and they got into massive credit card debts uh, and being blacklisted just for going over 500 euro on the limits for three years not being able to get loans all these silly little things why are we not teaching the, uh, about credit cards mortgages uh, 
finance and loans, all these different things. Now, I'm sure we're touching on them in business studies, but there should be a subject, in my view, in secondary level school of an entrepreneurship. It's fantastic that we see now colleges doing courses on it, but I believe it's time for it to come on the curriculum at second level uh, schools. Uh, I would have jumped at it if it had to be on my topic line. Um, it, we would encourage a lot more business leaders that are within the ranks or within the, the school levels that they don't realise that they have the ability to lead big companies, to create big companies and be leaders. I meet so many people that come to me in their late 20s saying they've dropped out of college and they say they're looking for a mentor to show them how to go and do these things. And they've gone off and they set up a little business. They want to know how to scale them. And I would love to have the time to do that, all that. But I believe there's basics, uh, responsibility of the education system that we can provide these people. And at 27, he wouldn't have spent four or five years going down the, the path that didn't fit for him or her. Now, Freshly Chopped has become a phenomenal success for you personally. But since you launched the first Freshly Chopped store in Baggett Street back in 2012, how big has the brand become at this stage? We, we got to 62 openings uh, initially. Obviously, COVID has had a little bit of effect on us there. And so we, that was it. We are in Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, England and Cyprus. And we're working on some other international stuff I hope to announce very soon. We've got new stores uh, opening. Uh, Navin is the latest store we've just announced this week to open up in the Navin Town Centre. And in Kilkenny is also. So it's great to see people are willing to invest in franchises again. And as a young entrepreneur that was involved in developing the Chop brand over the past nine years, what was the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome? Oh, it's a, it's a tough question. I wouldn't, it's very, people management is, is the biggest uh, obstacle and it's definitely uh, at this climate and time. But it's, it's, it's managing people and managing people's expectations and trying to, for me, encourage an entrepreneurship within our company that everybody who who's an employee feels that their their job, their position is basically their own mini business. And to try and still a culture where we have a purpose and this is where we are on the journey with Need Pizza as well, uh, creating a pizza with a purpose. So it's trying to create a feeling, it's more about people management and and, and expectations of the people and trying to create a, a, enough um, ambition and a career path for people. I always say that if you come work for us, we, we offer you a career, not a job. And that's something that I thrive on trying to achieve as much as possible for everybody. And of course, Brian, on the topic of people, recruiting and retaining staff is the biggest challenge facing businesses right across the country. Are you feeling the pinch likewise? And what do you think the solutions to this problem are? It's a, a ma- massive, massive problem right now across the hospitality sector and I'm sure other s- sectors that I'm talking to. Uh, we have a store in Dundrum ready to open and I'm just looking for 10 full-timers to get that store open and I cannot get 10 full-timers. If they're out there today, please apply. We've offered uh, salaries above the, beyond the asking price who we cannot. We're getting school part-timers applying, that's it. We can't open a store on that. Um, what do I believe is the problem? Um, it's hard to say. The pub payment doesn't help uh, encouraging people to come back at this level. They, also, there's been a massive amount of people who have gone back home, foreign workers, to be with their families through the COVID crisis. And the government has not done enough in messaging back out there to bring this foreign workforce back. I would hope they'd open up 
the release I'm hearing that they're releasing on the visa restrictions and stuff like that. We need more uh, foreign workers back in the country um, because there's not enough people here at the moment willing to work, not just because of the pub, but there's just not enough of them. And uh, we are struggling to uh, get enough staff and we're not the only one. And there's something that needs to be done at government level to make a change across all industries. And if we want, our sector can grow. We have stores looking to open left, right and centre. But if we can't get the staff, we can't open those stores. We can't grow our business if we can't get the right people. So something needs to be done from the powers above. Now, I'd like to talk to you next about your latest venture, Need Pizza. What prompted you to develop a new pizza concept, considering there's some major players in that space already? Well, the pandemic was straight off the bat. Um, I, uh, I, I did purchase the, the remaining shares of the business from my business partner, and uh, I knew I had to innovate uh, during the pandemic, I had some large stores, first of all, and I said, OK, these stores are closed in the evening. During the pandemic, we weren't delivering uh, a shop food, pizza was delivering. And I said, like, OK, we have this spare space, spare capacity, let's sweat the assets. We pay rent 24 hours, let's utilise the 24 hours within the building um, to, for the site. So it was more about let's create something. So we, we got the creative heads on. We said, let's create a brand. Uh, let's let's create a product that's different to every other product out there. Uh, let's cre- create now a brand with a purpose. So we created uh, our line as pizza with a purpose. So it's about giving back, be tied up with need, uh, feed the homeless. So people can now donate meals to the homeless through us and we put them into the food bank to be drawn down every week and, and given out to the pe- people who are living rough on the streets. And we double every donation. We've also gone one step further to create a pizza academy and we, where we train our own pizza chefs, but where our goal is next year to, and every year to take a minimum of 25 uh, former homeless people back into our academy, the €5,000 course for free, and we've qu- trained them up for qualified chefs, uh, giving them a certificate, giving them confidence, giving them a reason to get back into the workplace, and it's ultimately a purpose they feel, value, and if we can offer them jobs, we'll offer them jobs, and if not, we will try and help place them elsewhere. Um, so it's trying to create a, custom, uh, a culture within the in the new brand, and our employees then feel that I'm not just working for a co- an employer or a company that has no purpose. We, we're trying to give a reason what why we're giving back, but trying to create this nice feeling, community feeling. Where also our customer, if it isn't down to quality or if it isn't down to price, why would you go and sh- uh, shop with that brand? Because they're making they're doing something different. They're not just putting it all in their pockets. Um, and they've, they've, they're creating this initiative. So me as a, a business leader, I encourage other businesses to do this. I don't want this to be a unique thing for us. Every business should be doing something like this or something to, as a, a give back feel. And I'm happy to help anyone that wants to know how to start it. Um, any other business leader, business owner, because there's enough of us out there. To, if we all did a bit, we'd make a big difference. And Brian, on the ground, is this new brand and its purpose resonating with the general public? Yes, it is, because we, we have a, a lot of donations, a lot of people coming in and thanking us for it. Uh, we don't throw it in the face of the people. Um, we Maybe we need to let people know a little bit more about it, but it it's built within the, the employees and the DNA and we're in the charity. We've got a lot of companies that ring in, like Keelings. Uh, they rang in and they donated uh, 100 meals. Uh, like this, and they say they want to give back. And they're not looking for the, the advertisement, the credit. And that's not what it's for. It, it's more about, okay, 
we know we should all be doing more. Just give me the platform, give me the resources, and I'll do it. So it's kind of nearly taking the, the horse to the water. And are you looking to grow and need pizza through a franchising model also? Yes, we are. So so at the moment, we're, we are, we have the two stores set up at the moment. Um, we have a couple of stores lined up for the new year. So we will grow this into a franchise model, but uh, we wanted to get the operations, the SOPs, all locked down. Uh, it took us three years to start franchising the chopped business, and we um, we have not rushed into anything with neat pizza, and we will uh, we'll take our time and next year open a couple of stores through the franchise model. Our future plan is to create a group of brands and uh, keep your eyes peeled for future things on coming. Now, franchising, of course, is an extremely underutilised business model here in Ireland, and it doesn't get the recognition which it deserves. But what is needed, in your opinion, to create and sustain a successful franchise model? We always say to, to create a franchise model, we would want to open a minimum of three sites, and you would want to treat possibly three different kind of demographic sites to prove the model is successful. We then say you have to be operating for a period of length of time, also to do analysis, a full year sales, if not two year sales. Um, so it's usually two to three years businesses are minimum of going before you would go franchising. Uh, it's, it's building your standard operations and building a solid team out there to support your franchise network going forward. A lot of people have come to me and said, I want to go franchising and, and expect just to write a, a, a license agreement and hand it over with no support. Uh, no documentation, no one how way what ways the brand should be occupied or treated, what they can do, what they can't do. You then you need to buy into your beliefs, your culture. It's a bible that you're passing over, and it's also ultimately your your baby that you've built up, and you're now handing out to to grow and walk on its own two feet. So there is a lot of risk with franchising, uh, and it's one that uh, you have to tread carefully and uh, make sure you, you find the right partners. It's not about selling franchises, I say. It's about awarding franchises. And uh, the last 10 years of franchising has taught me uh, is choosing the right per- people is worth the wait. And that leads me nicely on to my next question. Is from your experience into franchising, what are the characteristics of an ideal franchisee? Well, there's a couple of different types of franchisees out there. There's owner-operators. And they will take more care and love of, of, of the site than any investor can offer you. Uh, it doesn't matter what they say. Uh, Owner-operators always going to love the brand and care for it a lot more. So they would kind of be your ideal for standards, keeping standards right. Uh, investors, if you want to expand rapidly and fast, will offer you multiple sites and fast. But you ha- with that comes a bit of a cost on quality. Um, and you have to measure and keep tight controls within your systems and auditing and processes. This usually comes to a conversation looking into the whites of their eyes and believing they are a person that believes in your brand as much as you believe in it and they're going to fully support it. And Brian, in terms of the support network which you provide, what area of the business do franchisees generally need the most support with and how do you bridge their skill gaps? We, we offer an extensive training regime so we would train the people for Four, four to six weeks for, for managerial roles and then a two weeks for an operational role uh, of a, a deli assistant and stuff like that. So we offer a full-on training and then we handhold them for two weeks on-site. So we're never concerned that they're not ready when they open because we offer an extensive training where a lot of franchisees wouldn't offer this kind of extensive training and support 
for the initial setup and opening stage. And that, I think, is critical because you want to be able, the owner, the manager, as soon as they have staff that leave two months after the open, they're not left stuck. They know how to retrain new staff members back in and back in. And Brian, finally this morning, if there's anyone listening to the programme that's interested in starting a business, what advice have you got for them? Well, it, it, to me, it, it, you've got to make a decision. Um, like people, people make a decision, okay, I'm going to leave my job to set, set up this, my, my dream business that I always wanted to do. One, how can you take that financial risk? And there's never a right time to do it, but you have to make the decision and you've got to make that jump at some stage. I'm going to do it and I'm going to give the next 12 to 24 months to do it. And if it doesn't work, what are my options? I'm like, a lot of people give up on the first kickback, but you've got to push back through the rejection and, and people are saying no you're mad you're crazy if you believe in it you've done your research within the sector you want to do and you, you 100% believe your research stacks up your idea stacks up and it's a business you kind of got to put the blinkers on a little bit and not listen to the noise of negativity around you because not everyone is a risk taker and, and you just got to put that foot out there and, and take the risk otherwise you will never know does it ever work but you also have to be in the financial position to take that risk so some people have kids and then mortgages over their head. You can't put all that on the line. We have to have a common sense hat on approach. The best time to take the risk is before you have all these, these burdens around you. But it doesn't mean you can't take the risk. You just may have to take it in stages. You might need to cut down to a three-day a week instead of having a five-day a week. So suddenly I still have a, a, enough income to, to support my family or whatever, pay my bills. But I can now step into the entrepreneurship role and create this business. So it might take you a little bit longer to get going, but at least you're, you're, you've started. Because that's the biggest challenge, is having the, the guts to just go for it and start. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Brian Lee from Freshly Chopped. And we wish him every success with his new venture, Need Pizza. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.